this is seen that has just done something slightly crazy. Seven years after the referendum decision to leave the European Union, out of nowhere, CNAC has agreed what may be the final setting on Northern Ireland's position uh, in the United Kingdom and its relationship with the European Union, settling the biggest legacy issue from leaving the European Union. There's lots of coverage of what the deal looks like, where and uh, how he's going to get the vote, whether it will pass, it looks likely to, but not much discussion over why CNAC has done this. Last month, he set out five promises, five uh, commitments to this country to achieve by the end of his term as Prime Minister. First, to halve inflation. Second, to grow the economy. Third, to cut the national debt. Fourth, to NHS waiting list will fall. And fifth, to stop small boats. None of them mention Northern Ireland. So where has this sudden urgent desire to fix uh, this post-Brexit settlement come from? And why has he been able to be so successful in achieving it? So, a quick outline of the problems facing Northern Ireland. When Brexit was voted on, the uh, European Union and the United Kingdom had to wrestle with the new status of Northern Ireland. Uh, 25 years ago, the Good Friday Agreement was signed, uh, led by Tony Blair's Labour Party, and with the cooperation of all sides in Northern Ireland. This formally closed the Troubles, uh, an intensive period of uh, unrest and violence in Northern Ireland based along religious lines. Uh, and it was based on the idea that uh, Northern Ireland could one day both become part of the Republic of Ireland or it could consolidate its existence as part of the United Kingdom. It had a fluid border allowing citizens from the Republic and from Northern Ireland to move from one to the other uh, and for goods to flow easily from Britain into the European Union. This worked because all of the parties were part of the European Union and its single market for goods and people. No longer. So, how does Britain close its border with the European Union? It doesn't want a single market. We've established this. The government of the United Kingdom has no interest in being part of the single market with the EU. But it needs to preserve the Good Friday Agreement to some extent to reduce tension in Northern Ireland, which continues to be a problem spot. Boris Johnson, uh, Prime Minister in 2019, and Leo Varadkar, Northern Ireland uh, leader, agreed a Northern Ireland protocol. This put Northern Ireland in a grey zone. It sundered it partly from the United Kingdom. Goods moving to Northern Ireland had to face customs checks, uh, and people could flow with only limited freedom from one to the other. Many in Northern Ireland were horrified at this. The uh, Democratic Unionist Party, the DUP, who campaigned uh, seriously and stridently for Northern Ireland to become a key part of the United Kingdom, essentially felt that they were being reduced to a lesser part of the sovereign whole. Uh, meanwhile, many in Northern Ireland uh, were unpleased at being essentially second-class citizens in this united arrangement. The United Kingdom, uh, in order to try and resolve this, put into motion last year a uh, Northern Ireland Protocol Bill. This would seek to override the protocol, uh, pulling Northern Ireland back into sovereignty, risking uh, the peaceability of the Good Friday Agreement. And the European Union, in response, started legal proceedings against the United Kingdom.
all very high drama, all very tense. Uh, so these legal proceedings certainly lit a fire under the British government to resolve the situation in Northern Ireland. But Sunak uh, has taken on this task with a particular urgency and a particular fervour. And we return to the question of why. It's not one of his five missions. He doesn't campaign on it. Um, the 2019 manifesto, uh, which he draws some mandate from, is not particularly big on it. There's three theories. Firstly, uh, that Sunak is simply a good man, that he sees a problem and he wants to fix it, that he sees the tension that the Northern Ireland Protocol is causing Northern Ireland. For instance, Northern Irish people not able to access the same goods in supermarkets, the same food, the same clothes. And so he, he saw this problem and thought that part of the responsibility of being a politician is to resolve that problem. The second possibility was completely the opposite, popularity. Uh, the Conservatives are behind Labour by 20 points in opinion polls. That's a significant uh, deficit. And so Sunak thinks that securing this clear win, and it looks like it's going to be a clear win, whether the DUP go with it or not, really, uh, every other uh, element of the Conservative Party has fallen into line. The EU's backing it. Starmer will lend votes if necessary. This is a vote winner, or certainly this is a poll mover for Sunak. It shows off his abilities. Uh, it shows off his capabilities as Prime Minister, and we'll draw on that in a moment. And But thirdly, and the most interesting reason, is Prime Ministers may have less power than they are perceived to, but they have a lot more information than most people realise. One of the most important elements of a Prime Minister's intelligence briefings are updates on the situation in Northern Ireland. MI5 continues to maintain a strong presence in Northern Ireland, monitoring particularly the new IRA and any other sectarian groups that may cause problems. It may be that Sunak received intelligence uh, that alarmed him about the possibility of violence or unrest in Northern Ireland. It may be that he received signals from the EU that they would uh, legal proceedings would be uh, detrimental to the United Kingdom. There was maybe some other piece of intelligence that sharpened his thinking. But that may have uh, motivated him to set aside his five missions and to achieve this Northern Ireland and this Windsor framework that has been settled with Ursula von der Leyen. So the framework now moves to Parliament. And one of the most interesting pieces that we've teased out of this period is less to do with the framework and more to do with Sunak. Sunak is a relatively uncontroversial and uncomplicated politician. He's intelligent, he's fairly affable, he is a reasonable presenter. There are not the layers and the enigmas that you get with Truss and Johnson, even with Theresa May. But what we have seen in this period is a few very telling elements about Sunak. Firstly, his focus to agree any treaty of this complexity requires incredible focus and mastery of the details. Tony Blair and his government set themselves a one-year deadline to achieve the Good Friday Agreement. Even then, negotiations went to the last 24 hours of that 365-day period with all uh, stakeholders locked in an office block essentially until they could hammer out a deal. To uh, work with the Northern Ireland uh, stakeholders on this and to work with the EU on this, Sunak has shown impressive focus and diligence. It shows uh, an ability to solve complex problems. It is a complex problem. The green lane and the red lane solution, the storm on break, these show in innovative 
Um, so they're not without flaws, but they show broadly innovative and practical solutions to a problem many were scratching their heads over. It shows that he has integrity of character. He started negotiations, or he initiated them, and the relative lack of leaking, briefing or sniping in the papers and in government briefings suggests that Sunak is focused on achieving a result rather than creating popular support for his actions. So why has Sunak achieved this piece of legislation at a time when there are many other issues on his plate? Maybe he is simply a good man. Maybe uh, he is desiring a poll-bumping win. Maybe there is behind the scenes information that motivated him. That's your decision. But what is certain is this is one of those rare occasions where a solid political triumph is scored and it simply makes the country a slightly better place. Maybe that's not so bad.